This is Pop Cinephone with Nadir Pop and Peter Pop. Episode 65 Money and Parenting. The magic word Peter money. I think that's what makes the world go around as they say. Yeah, and I think you know uh like we've spoken in multiple episodes uh once you become a parent I think you really realize the importance of money. and all those lessons or all those things that your parents told you about saving money then comes to bite you in the behind right unless you are like jeff bezos or elon musk who, <laughs> you know i mean they're talking about they have so much money they're talking about going to other planets so they for them i don't think it matters so like i like the priorities they're thinking about going to other planets we're thinking about putting our kids in certain schools or keeping them in certain schools yeah that's another planet for us because the expense just feels like a space trip yeah and you know it's been a while since we spoke about finance i mean i was just thinking back in the last time we barely touched about finance especially the aspect of financial planning was in episode 3 which is over a year ago yeah exactly and i also remember very distinctly when we were recording um we had actually said that you know what this is just scratching the surface this would require a whole new episode well here we are episode 65 a whole new episode of uh, finance and parenting because when you become a parent that money <laughs> just becomes bigger and bigger as well i wouldn't say a debt but it's it's just more and more dear to you true and you know since neither you or i are financial wizards nadir we're joined by someone who has a better idea of finance than both of us so we're joined by mrinal ghosh Brinal is a chartered accountant, and he recently um, pursued his MBA as well. He's got over twenty years of experience, and he's worked with multiple consultancy firms, both in the US and in India. So, yeah, he knows quite a bit about money and what it can do to you as a parent as well. The reason. why he knows so much about parenting as well is because he's got a 4 year old daughter let's dive straight into our chat with renal hi renal thank you so much for being here with us on pops in a pod my pleasure nader thank you for having me over yeah thank thanks for taking time out i mean uh, it's nice to start off the day and especially like a sunday uh, on a topic like finance actually uh, thanks uh, for even selecting this topic because while i was uh, thinking through the subject i also was uh, taking a sneak peek into what i have done in my life and uh, it's been a disaster so <laughs> i think i'll be happy to talk about it and then also do some work in my end uh, and shape it up a little bit yeah it's true right sometimes you say like uh, sometimes you learn from your successes but the best lessons that you get are also sometimes from things where you make mistakes or your failures so and i'm sure you know this is a topic which every parent uh, thinks about or wonders about and especially with something like finance you know it's not something of course today you have you know everyone on youtube and all of that uh, giving advice but 
it all depends on something on the individual level right because it's just like how we were talking few weeks back about uh, fitness and health if you take the advice that everyone gives it's not going to be relevant to you right it's all depending on your individual plans and goals uh, really no absolutely i think finance is uh, it's critical to probably play have it in the back of your mind don't make it the forefront of everything otherwise you get into a lot of trouble <laughs> especially when it comes to personal life but it should be there in the back of your mind because uh, it's important yeah whatever we do money is important and you know mrinal speaking of money since this is going to be the core of our conversation today we we are coming fresh out of the budget session um today here we are recording um on the 7th of february the dust the dust has kind of you know settled everyone's looking forward to um, you know what new has to come along for them financially speaking in and industries and and companies are looking at uh, specifics that that can get pretty complicated but ultimately um, it's the individual that matters the most right uh, you know how he or she can uh, make certain changes uh, in their lives to ensure that the future remains bright um maybe even better for them of course and uh, for the kids because we are talking about financial planning in terms of parenting but rinal you know upfront you know we just wanted to understand the journey going from singlehood to being married to getting into parenting what is that journey like financially speaking especially for somebody like you who has been into finance for a couple of decades now no it's it's quite interesting that you mentioned the budget uh, generally i mean i remember still the times when the used to be glued to the tv sets or pick up the first economic times that used to come up the next day in the morning just to see what has gone up and what has come down and it was my my parents used to get so excited that train fares have gone down or gone up or something and because there used to be a rail budget and then the full budget and now it's kind of integrated so the the fees is completely out of the rail budget but to, as you rightly said nader uh, those small things yeah uh, television going up or refrigerator coming down it doesn't impact your life at all uh, what impacts your life is uh, what is your income currently what is your expenditure and what you can save out of it for now and what you can plan for the future so this is the basics of finance rest budget and all i mean these are all macro things you can probably get an indication that a particular sector might do better uh, earlier there used to be a lot of sops in the budget something for the airline industry something for the leather industry or things of that nature this year's budget there is nothing what's good in this year's budget is also there is no increase in taxation there is also no reduction in taxes so it's it's kind of a very very neutral one and then when you see this uh, what do you think about it you you are back to square one yeah you have your income and you just need to plan your expenditure you plan your thing so that basic remains forever irrespective of whatever is happening in the back the the journey of financial planning probably starts when you are a student yeah. nowadays a lot of education has to be covered with loans the loans could be taken by you as an individual or it is a debt which your 
parents are taking on them. So it's in the back of your mind that how do I repay this loan? Uh, what should be my income the day I pass out of my uh, college and what kind of placements I do get? And uh, so that's that's immediately there in the back of the mind. And then once you get married, uh, you, prior to that as a single, you've got to take care of yourself as well as your parents, depending on their financial standing. And then once you get married, uh, depending on your wife's uh, status, uh, or the spouse's status, you've got to kind of uh, take care of them, her, as well as her parents, as well as now steps the part where you become a parent and then uh, you've got to now take care of a child or multiple children. And uh, therefore, the financial planning and the priorities, it keeps on changing. And that is very, very important for somebody to understand. Because it's a part of your current expenditures, which you might be doing on a day-to-day, -day, and the planning for the future. A little bit of the future you are aware of, and a part of this future you don't know anything about. And that's important to understand as a new. That's so true what you brought up, uh, Mrinal. I mean, uh, for us at least, I'm sure uh, it's different, but for, you know, uh, people who are graduating or currently in college, uh, I think education loans are kind of like how they used to give out credit cards <laughs> in the early 2000s and all. Everyone kind of has an education loan but doesn't read the terms and conditions. So suddenly after you graduate, you realize, wait, I'm paying so much interest and you know, you're starting out already in debt and all of that. So yeah, those play an important role. So. I feel at least those who don't have any education loans or any arrears starting out their life and career, that's like a great start. And I would say you're sometimes way ahead of a lot of people in that way, right? I mean, absolutely. If you are staying with your parents, I mean, that's a big bonus. I mean, I can think about 20 years ago when I started working, I was staying with my parents. I had to pay zilch for rent, zilch for food. If you fast forward it today, there are so many of uh, young professionals who are coming from small towns, but they're working in a big city, Mumbai, Bangalore, Delhi, Hyderabad, Chennai. You have to pay for your rent, you have to pay for your food. Straight expenditure, not incurred in the past, which was probably going to your bank account, you have expenditure. So then the responsibility of doing the budgeting and all those things, comes into play. Yeah, I mean, and especially in a in a in culture like ours, right, uh, in India, where it is normal for you to live with your parents uh, post, you know, starting work, sometimes, you know, even after getting married and having kids also. So there's a complete different cultural re uh, reference you have here in India, right? But that's also changing, yeah. That's, that's changing quite a bit. No, but you know, Mrinal, very interesting point that you brought up. In fact, Peter and I were just discussing this, that uh, as you spoke about the whole cultural reference, that way we, we sit in a very unique uh, position, right? Where the, the Western world look at us saying that how odd you'll live with your parents and, you know, it's so strange. Like you're looked down upon, you're 35 years old or 36 years old and you're living with your parents. How strange, why don't you move out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but all those points that you mentioned, right, it is so in sync with our financial culture as a country we are known as a country that saves the most right uh, the, the government has to push the the public 
to kind of spend more because of our savings and the hoarding that we do as as a culture do you think that then later on impacts because i have learned the aspect of uh saving from my father right through and through um i wouldn't say that we uh, are middle class we are definitely upper middle class we have been very privileged i will always maintain that i am not a rags to riches story i still live in my father's house this is not my house it's very clear um and those advantages that you talk about do they then ultimately translate into uh, a future that you might have seen for your kids that hey you know what since i'm not paying rent since i'm not doing this since i'm not doing that i don't have so many expenditures then are you thinking that okay this is the savings that i have now i'll probably do the same thing for my kids no precisely actually there are two elements here uh, number one is a missed opportunity because if you did not whatever you saved by staying with your parents and not having good expenditure if you did not plan that and invest that properly then it's a missed opportunity and i would uh, probably say i am one of the such victims of missed opportunity or rather culprits of missed opportunity uh, i could have probably done better and why i didn't do better is because i did not have the right advice coming from my parents or my relatives at that point of time i didn't even seek that advice today we have quite a bit of advice which is available through various forums but i did not have that advice from anyone as to what to do with that money which i was saving it was probably going and sitting in my bank account or in fd or whatever so that's one part of it the second part of it which you asked is if i look at the indian society and i compare it to the western society uh, today the interest rate in india in a savings bank account is around 4% 15 to 20 years ago this was around 7 8% and if i fast forward it to a developed country they are getting penalized for keeping money in the bank i think if you keep money in savings bank you get you have to pay interest to the bank so india will probably go there it will take some time probably another 20 years and this if i take this analogy from 8% we are at now 4% we will probably be in 0% in 2 years time and 20 years time my part but this is we are adopting a lot of those western things there yeah. student loans credit cards housing loan so professionals they just uh, come out of their universities they get a nice job and the, the in within a within a year or two they have taken a housing loan and this is exactly how the american culture works since i stayed in america i, I knew about uh, people who were working after college they had a housing loan and they had a, a student loan they got some support from their parents if their parents were having a good background but in america most of the people are rising from middle class or and they're going up but even their parents had these loans so a lot of your time or your working life goes in paying off these debts and mortgages and that's how it works and only when uh, you are actually in a good job and you kind of paid off these then you are looking at investing and growing and etc and you know that when your uh, children they grow up they also have to take a loan but if you now think about indian parents in america like my cousin uh, he is currently uh, based out of jersey and her her son is uh, going to uh, medical school 
where there's a huge fees, but he's probably taken some loan, but then he also has some savings. So uh, what you do with that saving is quite important. And my uh, advice, because I never got good advice, so my advice to any young professional is take a good view of what your expenditure is, budget properly, and then whatever you save, think about how to uh, put that money in various priorities which you will have in life. I mean, on top of the head, uh, I can think about a few priorities which people don't think about. Yeah. Like once you get a job, do, how many people have something called a term insurance or a life insurance? What do you understand by a life insurance? When you go to a life insurance agent, the first thing he will tell you is, okay, this is an insurance policy. Your life is covered by this much amount. And uh, after five years, you will get this much. After 10 years, you will get this much. After 15, you will get this much. And after 20, you will get this much. Is that really life insurance? No, I actually, I have a great uh, life insurance story. Uh, similarly, once I started my career working here in India, right, my, my aunt who's been primarily advising me on finance and stuff, she kind of said, no, no, you have to get life insurance. So the LIC agent came in and you know the typical Indian LIC agent, right, where he's like just trying to upsell you, get the most out of you and all. And he kind of did this whole calculation for me. And he was like, oh, by the time you retire at 60, you'll get one crore. And I looked at him and I said, at 60, I'll get one crore. What will be the value of like that one crore at that time, right? <laughs> Tell me that because you're looking at like, okay, a big sum of money. But more important than that was what is the value of that money? Like, can I actually be using that for what? And... What will my expenses at 60 be? Will that be enough to come, uh, uh, kind of take care of that? So, yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. I mean, uh, it's, it's important, right? And just to answer your question, what you're talking about is not uh, like, you know, retirement stuff. It's just basically getting regular payments back, right? So it's not really life insurance. Therefore, this is very important. When you typically speak to an investment agent, he will sell you a product where you get money back. A life insurance can't be something that you get money back. Yeah? It's then an investment scheme, which is giving you some cover. So what happens in these kinds of plans is the premium that you pay gets split into two parts. Half of that premium goes to something called the term insurance that if anything happens to you, then your family will get X. And then the rest of the money goes into a fund, either in an equity market or a, a debt fund, depending on what kind of uh, risk you're willing to take or how much more you want to get. And uh, that's where that money goes. And that's, which is, that is what is, gives you the return. But they kind of sell you as if it's a life insurance. And many people fall for it because everybody thinks, oh, I will get money back. Yeah. But what is exactly happening is that if you take the same amount of premium and put it in a term insurance, if anything happens to you, your family is going to get much, much more. And now think of a situation where a single guy, or even once they, he, gets, he or she gets married, takes a housing loan and something unfortunate happens to the person. So that loan will directly come on the, uh, on the nominee or the parents and all that. And they, would, they pay that loan. So the moment you take any big asset loan, you should immediately take an equivalent amount of life insurance 
term insurance. And actually, you should take the term insurance the moment you start working because at that point of time, like if if somebody if your parents are dependent on you and something unfortunate happens to you, then at least from a financial standpoint, they would be uh, they would be kind of not worried about their life. So this is just a very basic thing, like insurance, the life insurance, and I segregate this from investment-related insurance. I think the example that you gave that you get one crore, it's more like a, a it's like a pension kitty that you are looking at when you retire. And, and the time value of money, which you related to is absolutely right. Like what would be the value? Like one crore today would actually be probably 50 lakhs 20 years henceforth. True, true, true. So it's a great point that you brought up, Rinal, where, you know, people should be looking at, uh, you know, investments from when they are young also, right? I mean, once they start working. But what about when you have kids? I mean, uh, of course, you can share from your personal example, but a lot of times people kind of delay that, right? I mean, uh, you say, ha, and I, I think it comes also probably with most decision-making. As much as you can delay it, uh, you want to try doing it. And uh, it's only later that you really the, realize the folly of your mistakes, right? So uh, what would you say, similar to how you were like sharing about uh, the investments in terms of insurance, uh, when it comes to kids, is there actually a right time to start uh, financial planning? Yeah, yeah, the right time is before you have the child. Yeah, or rather when you're even planning for the child. And uh, I am myself, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I haven't done the things right. And um, I've also learned from my mistakes now. So once you're a single, you are uh, e easygoing and you really don't care about things. If you are getting a reasonable paycheck day to day and you don't see any debt coming in, so you are leading a nice life. And then suddenly one fine day you get married and if your spouse is also working, then again, it's fine, yeah, because yeah, both of you are making money and both are uh, spending it wherever you want and maybe saving it also in something. But the moment you start planning for a child, uh, one thinks about a lot about the child that, okay, the child will be here, and this is, our life is going to change, et cetera, et cetera. But a big part is the financial things also go to, are, are going to change. Like, uh, when you look look at planning for a child, like even before the child arrives, your expenses start. Yeah. Uh, while you are through the pregnancy, etc., there are tests, reports, and things that need to be done. On the insurance front, yeah, health insurance. I talked about life insurance earlier. Health insurance is another important thing. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when my child was born, I suddenly realized that my wife's health insurance. Or, or or my health insurance also had covered maternity yeah uh, and they had a different rate for what was a normal delivery and what was uh, uh, something which was a cesarean a c section and there also what the hospital can provide and not provide etc it was quite uh, i was surprised that my wife uh, she had a normal delivery but then I still ended up paying, I was always told that this is cashless and whatnot. But then uh, the overall bill was, I think, around a lakh or so. And then I still ended up paying almost 50,000 from my pocket. So I was a bit surprised at what happened. I was always told this is cashless. So there is always a fine print in between policies and also one has to be very, very careful. 
so now once a child is born the first thing you have to do within the next two days is to get the child listed in your policy in your health policy and why so because after the child is first let out from the hospital if there is any medical condition that the child undergoes the person is not insured anymore and, and not many people are aware of this yeah so uh, this was one thing that i did the moment the child was born i immediately got her added to my insurance so that at least my cover also looks after her but then that's just one part of it then you have all the expenses coming through because a, a small child and then a growing child has a lot of expenses believe me i can just like the the number of diapers that uh, have to be then changed throughout the day or it's just phenomenal you know no conversation about parenting and kids goes without the mention of diapers <laughs> no matter what you talk about you will always talk about diapers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i i remember uh, i remember uh, i had this colleague in the us he had uh, triplets and then he had another child and i was always like why did you even have a child after having triplets but leaving that aside so i asked him what is your biggest expense and he said diapers so i said how do you how do you uh, kind of minimize that expense he said that uh, look i researched and there are wholesalers of diapers and since all my kids are more or less in the same size zone so he goes to the wholesalers and he gets the diapers there at a very reasonable price and i know that uh, there are also wholesalers of diapers even in cities in india Uh, the pricing uh, is quite reasonable as compared to what you get in the market and, and that's saving yeah that's saving to your bank simple thing i i completely But, uh, uh, apart i completely agree with you because i'm one of those guys and uh, you know initially you don't realize it right because you're like ha chalega whatever and then the moment like you see at the end of the month you're just like Okay wow like there is a significant dent that you're making in your bank account right and all that money it's it's just a matter of say traveling a kilometer or two more depending on where you live in india right or just finding the right yeah. market <laughs> it is absolutely absolutely and and there are many more expenses because clothes and uh, the child cosmetics and all those things without just think about it in case you need support from a nanny yeah so that comes in Uh, if your spouse was working earlier uh, uh, in a, in a, in a, she was uh, he or uh, if if uh, she was working with a corporate or working with a on a salary and the company supports for a certain period of time good enough the money still keeps coming for both incomes but in case the person extends because you want to take care of the child at home and all one income stops if you are a self employed lady and uh, it, your personal presence is important for the job to happen income stops from almost the day one unless until she gets back to work and if there are any complications here or there then so as an individual you one also has to think about that i was having two incomes until x date and then there is a likelihood that i will have a single income for again a certain period of time and that is expense because all that money that you were getting now you don't and your expenses have gone up no 
So then it's a compounded effect that, that that you're talking about, right? I mean, if we try and map the journey that we've already spoken so far, moving from singlehood to being married and then having two sets of incomes and then the child comes and then obviously there are complications, whether you talk about whether it's maternity leave or the, or the or the woman has to stay back home or either one of the spouse has to stay back home to take care of the child and everything. Um, I think the next big milestone um, when it comes to financial planning, especially with your kids, um, I think it's, it's, it's undoubtedly education, right? Um, education is becoming exceedingly expensive uh, and every parent has that aspiration for their kids' future, right? You are absolutely right. And uh, this also is a, is a part that one has to expect. It's, like I said, uh, when you look into the future, you have some estimated costs and some unforeseen costs. So th this is uh, a classic uh, estimated cost. Forget school. Even if you have to put your child in a play school, a good play school, you would like you would have to spend some money on a monthly basis. And then once the school comes in, as you rightly said, uh, depending on what system your city follows, you may have to pay an, a, a good chunk of money as a donation to get in. Yeah. And then once you get into the school, there are expenditure. Uh, the school fees, which is on a monthly basis, X amount. And then you've got to have uniforms and books. And, and while this is happening, as we all want our children to be better than us, that's the ideal parenting in India, or rather anywhere in the world. Yeah, you want your child to have a better lifestyle and life and education and everything better than what you have. And in order to do that, you would like to give the child as much as possible. Rinal, what do you suggest would be a very good mix of financial instruments and your own personal time uh, to ensure that the child is on the right you know growth trajectory in terms of the future so that you don't feel the hit later on 10 15 years down the line that oh my god sending the child to xyz country is going to cost me so much i wish i would have planned better uh, and why do we need to think about an xyz country because the quality of education in our country is not good that's precisely why it is but then when you look at those other countries uh, 20% of the professors in the United States, key universities are mostly Indian. So absolutely right. Uh, the time is important. Uh, you've got to start uh, thinking about it in advance. And so what I what I have done, and I can tell you from my experience is, uh, I have a girl child. Uh, last year, I uh, she was three years old. So I uh, invested in something called a Sukanya Samridhi Fund. So it's a government fund. It's similar to a PPF, but providing an interest rate uh, probably half a percent more. Uh, it you can invest up to one and a half lakh rupees a year. You have to invest for a period of 14 years, and after that, you can withdraw this uh, at when the child turns around 21, or you can have a partial withdrawal after 18. Uh, in case uh, the child is getting so, so the objective of this fund, the, of the government setup was for two reasons. Number one was, in case the child is getting married, then you have a, a solid amount of money which the parent has at that point of time to spend because Indian weddings uh, traditionally uh, can be quite expensive, specifically for uh, a, a girl child in a 
in a rural area, this can become a big burden. The second point is child's education. This is the point of time when if somebody has to go abroad, they would need a handsome amount of money. So this is a fund which is uh, dedicated towards girl children, right? But if you invest around, if you are able to invest one and a half lakh rupees, uh, you get a, a good amount of money because the rate of interest is somewhere around seven and a half or eight percent. You get a good chunk of money at the age of 21 that the child has, 21 or 22, uh, to uh, at least a part of your burden can be taken care of. And a similar thing is a PPF also. Now, a girl child is lucky. The girl child can get a PPF as well as a Sukanya Samriti. So two of those funds, uh, PPF locks you in for 15 years. So that also gives you uh, a certain good chunk of money, 15 to 18 years. So if you are investing when the child is three years old, you get the money at, at when they're they 18. I know of people who, the moment the child is born, they immediately open a PPF account and start putting in some money because you can get uh, almost 7.5% interest rate. And that's the best secured investment. And it is also tax-free. So the money that you get 20 years henceforth or uh, when the child is 21 is tax-free. So this is just one example of uh, how to plan uh, in government schemes. The second one, which one can do for child education once the child is hitting this university parameter, is to invest in a, a equity-linked uh, growth fund, uh, wherein you might be investing for a period of uh, five years minimum, uh, a certain sum of money on a yearly basis or a monthly basis, you can decide. And you could link it to equity markets. So there, uh, it's a mutual fund. Uh, but it would you take some risks, but then you are also looking at high growth over a period of uh, time. You can choose to continue to invest it over a period of 10 years, but you kind of say that I will get the money at certain points of time. Now, if you break it down, you could position it also as a, a fund where you get a certain chunk of money when the child is five years old. So if you start this immediately when the child is born, then you get a, a bullet when the child is five years old, some amount when they are 10 years old, some amount they're 15 years old, and then a big chunk of money when they're 20 years old. So different types of funds are available. Uh, depending upon your risk appetite, you could choose whether it is moderate or you want to. But I would always suggest that you mix it up a little bit. There is no point in blocking your money in a fixed deposit for six years or seven years and all that. Because the interest on fixed deposit, you will have to also pay taxes. It is better to select a PPF and a Sukanya Samvidhi for the long-term money. And PPF, if you are able to utilize the full balance of one and a half lakh, I think if you pay uh, for about uh, the various things, the mathematics you can check on the net, but your money doubles over this period of time. Wow. You know, uh, Mrinal, you reminded me of uh, my finance professor in business school where he said uh, a good strategy is diversification, right? When you're either on the stock markets and all of that. So it just kind of your strategy kind of reminded me of that. So that's a great tip, I think, for everyone who's listening uh, to use not to kind of put all your eggs in one basket, right? No, absolutely. And, and sometimes you also need to plan for some assets that you want to build up. Yeah. So for example, uh, 
when you are single or you've just got married, you might be in a smaller car. And you might be thinking about that once you have a child, you will have to plan for an SUV. So you could start also investing in investing your money in a manner that you get paid uh, X amount of money at this point of time, and then you could use it for things. Very, very interesting. I saw uh, uh, as early as yesterday in my bank, uh, there was uh, something called create a passion fund. So you might have a passion that uh, you're traveling or something. And you may say that every two years, I would like to go to a nice destination anywhere in the world or something. Now, that costs money. Yeah. Now, uh, option one is you get paid a lot. And <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Two years later, you can definitely choose uh, that and you lose your money. The second option is that every month you you transfer some of your uh, income into that passion fund and it, it goes and locks itself into a RD, a recurring deposit. The interest rate is a little bit higher than the savings bank and almost close to a FD. But the, what it guarantees is that it locks your money cons constantly. So at the end of two years, when you see that uh, it's a point of time when uh, maybe you can travel, your spouse can travel, your child can travel, you could do a nice trip. So something to plan about, then at least you have that pool of money and that's not a constraint. Time could be a constraint or availability could be a constraint, but money is not the constraint. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice that you gave us this, you know, insights into the multiple instruments and how you kind of go about it because um, money is directly related to time so it's not about how much you can invest but for how long can you invest and i think that that becomes very important which kind of you know moves we would like to move you in in our um, you know a subsection in this episode where we like to call it mf and no it's not mutual funds it is myths and facts so we're going to throw a statement at you Mrinal, and you tell us whether it's a myth or a fact so i'll start first uh, we've 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 touched upon this topic, but um, uh, I, I'm just going to start with this: um, keeping money in the bank is fine. No, it's not. Myth or fact? I have, this is a this is a myth, and I have suffered out of it. So, uh, so the the best thing best thing one should do is uh, you design your budget for the month, then you have a saving, and then you distribute the saving uh, by your term insurance, buy your health insurance. Health insurance is also very important. Yeah, our our employers might provide us a coverage of five lakhs or something. Five lakhs is peanuts. It disappears in five days. So invest in uh, a good health insurance. Start a retirement plan when you start working at 24, 25, whatever that age is. If you start then, the contribution to the kitty would always be lower. If you start later, the contribution to the kitty would be much higher of whatever that desired number was, whether it's one crore, two crore, whatever that number is, or whatever annuity you are expecting at the end of this period. And then have some money for contingencies because things can happen then. And have some money for asset acquisition, which is buying a car or maybe putting a, a something like a, a, a down payment for a housing loan and something. Please. Go ahead, Nadir. Okay. This one, I think every Indian family uh, can relate to. Gold is a sure shot investment. 
<laughs> you know, I, I did not believe in this. I think it's a good way to invest. Uh, down south, I think people are quite into gold. Uh, they are investing a certain part of their savings every year uh, into gold. Uh, my mother-in-law used to tell me, and I didn't listen to her, but now when I look at the gold prices, I'm like, wow. You don't know this, actually, Peter. Today, I might feel that this is a fact. But once in the future, we don't know because we are talking a lot about digital currency, cryptocurrency. The value of gold and why it is, yeah? Because at earlier, if you had to have X amount of US dollars, you could only have it only if you had X amount of gold. And that's why there's something called gold standard. I think everybody remembers in 1991 when we started the whole process of liberalization, India had to ship off gold. Yeah. yeah. India had to give away their gold to get dollars. Yeah. But now the whole situation has changed. Like America doesn't need any gold. Yeah. They're just printing the notes. So while this is uh, kind of, I would say it is somewhere in the middle. Uh, why it is not a complete message? Because if you look at the gold prices, they have been going up and up and up. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> okay, next Again, one. Again, a missed opportunity at my end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, moving into the next one. Myth of fact. Trading in shares is risky and not for me. Uh, it could be risky, but not for me. If it is not for you, you can give it to somebody who it is for. Uh, I think there is a lot of uh, buzz on SIPs that you could probably invest a little bit of money every month in something called a systematic investment plan. Systematic investment plans are also of multiple types. They are of low risk, they are of moderate risk, they are of high risk. So depending upon your risk appetite and your goal, yeah, what are you trying to achieve out of it? The example I gave you, uh, I have to secure my child's education. So what I have done is I have put some money in Sukanya Samriti. I will open a PPF account also and the third thing i've done is put my money in a uh, mutual fund which is high risk so now i have that one is for kind of giving it a growth yeah and then the other two are kind of securing that okay uh, let's say my targeted amount is 50 lakh and with the two government schemes i'm able to hit even 30 lakh with the third one by putting lesser amount because i'm shooting for growth if it hits, then I will get not 20, but I would get 30 or 40 lakhs. So I would be hitting it around 60, 70 lakhs using that fund. Worst case scenario, if the fund doesn't perform, I would still have 10 lakhs. So then 10 lakhs is my problem at that point of time, which I will see how to solve it. Uh, but whatever money, I, if I had put that money into the government-backed fund, which are now I have kind of exposed my uh, availability of what I could invest in, if I do invest in FD or something to secure it, I won't even get to that. So just as an example. So if uh, if you are uh, if you are risk averse, then you can also choose these mutual funds. You can look at their ratings uh, online and see who the fund managers are and you could invest. Uh, government is also making people invest forcibly. You see a huge amount of advertisement. You hear the moment you open YouTube, you see a grow or a zerodha throwing in ads at you in the lockdown or post lockdown there is an increase in uh, dmat accounts one crore plus dmat accounts have opened up 
I work wow. in a corporate and sometimes sometimes we feel that many of our employees who were earlier quite risk averse are no longer risk averse. All right. Uh, coming to what you touched upon slightly earlier also, myth of fact, property gets you better returns. <laughs> if you had asked me this question 10 years say this is a fact, but now if you ask me now, uh, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, it, it just depends. Uh, there are a lot of people who have invested in property and they are the property values have not grown because of the economic situation and xyz reason there was a big boom somewhere in 2008 and uh, while 2006 2007 was a big boom uh, in property and money uh, people were like investing into a property the rate was going up even before the house was built they were selling it off and making money getting out that was going up Property can be a good investment, not for, like, I think of property as a rental mechanics. If you have two, three flats, yeah, medium size, uh, two bedrooms, when you are retiring, you could get rentals out of it. I'm not looking at property as something to sell off. You could look at it also as uh, one of the ways uh, you can finance some big uh, big expenditures like the child education etc so if you if you invest in a property but one has to be very careful yeah you have to probably invest more in uh, growing areas rather than saturated uh, big cities this is my personal opinion a smaller tier 2 tier 3 cities india will now have more development in tier 2 tier 3 cities personal opinion again so those would be probably in areas to invest so then 20 years later if you sell it off you would also had a have a good chunk of money but then that you would have to fund through loans and other things so one has to keep that in mind that you have to be constantly servicing that uh, asset uh, however if you have a property ready once you retire you could get some uh, streams of income managing those uh, tenants and rentals and all uh, could be a challenge if if they are not in your vicinity no absolutely mrinal i think this is something that even i am uh, personally uh, going through in terms of uh, property but um, we've we've come to the end of our chat and it's been you know just like any portfolio management very diverse we've spoken about so many things we've spoken about multiple multiple aspects uh, both finance as well as non finance um, and uh, i think it was a it was a great conversation so we really thank you for this uh, this great chat and uh, i think i think we'll we'll keep bringing you again renal because it's been a great chat and you've you've given us so many things to think about so thank you so much for coming on pops and about and sharing your views on financial financial planning for parents so thank you nadir i uh, i loved the opportunity and i also liked the subject yeah while i am a finance guy and the topic is close to my heart uh, it also exposes what i couldn't do and uh, if i can uh, through whatever we discuss i feel if if any uh, any even one person can influence their lives and they can have a better future for themselves their spouse their families uh, that's really nice so very good initiative by both of you and i would be happy to contribute in any manner uh, in the future yeah you know when we did an episode and we touched upon finance a year ago right we just scratched the surface and i think we scratched little more 
uh, there's a lot more we can discuss. So look forward to having you uh, on a future episode again, Minal. Sure. Thank you. Thanks so much, Minal. You know, Peter, I'm so glad we actually spoke to uh, a finance expert who understands the market, who understands uh, the the journey, right? Because money is something um, that goes hand in hand with time. And he gave us a very good view of that. Um, forget about the different instruments that you have to invest your money in. I think what really um, that I took away from this ep- episode is the fact that um, you have to be patient with your money and time is something I understand is not always going to be on your side. But uh, we all need that time, irrespective of whether you are a salary person or whether you run your own business. Yeah, and I think uh, if you are patient with time, then compounding interest is your good friend. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well put. <laughs> so definitely put in that time. But uh, yeah, it was quite a intensive chat, and I'm sure there are a lot of terms that maybe some of our listeners are not familiar with. Also, uh, some of the financial instruments. So. Don't worry, uh, we'll be adding excerpts and also some sort of definitions in our show notes. So just keep an eye out for that. So yeah, um, that's it from us today. If you still feel that you all have some questions um, surrounding finance, money, investments, uh, please do write to us uh, on popsinapod at gmail.com. Yeah, and you can also get in touch with us via instagram or facebook just search for pops in a pod uh, and yeah maybe we can do definitely an episode maybe two on on the topic because i think there's something for all of us to learn uh, on this subject so yeah that's all from me peter pop and i'm not pop see you guys next week